I'm great. Good, good, good. I'm also Matt Copes. I'm Andrew Baxter. And this is... Puppies, Puppies and, watermelon. and Watermelon. I was waiting to try and get in there. Mr. Copes, how have you been? Great. I apologise for being half an hour late. It turns out after 60 episodes, I forgot. Because I couldn't get um, your sound working on my screen. Tried everything because my computer is very slow. My computer is at a point where to copy and paste a cell in in Google Sheets or to paste a cell takes two seconds. So it doesn't surprise me that things have stopped working. Um, But it turns out after 60 episodes, I forgot to plug the headphones into the microphone. And so... Oh, this entire time when you were there sending me messages saying, no, I can't hear you. And I'm saying, yeah, I'm like going, I'm pretty sure all my things are right. But let me go and check them just in case. So uh, something's missing. I don't know what it is. Just just the camera cuts to your headphone jack just sat there. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the problem. My brain doesn't just, work in the morning. Yep, just blame it on the early morning. Get yourself in. How did I not figure that out? I was trying different browsers. I was ready to reset the computer. Disaster. How are you going? Uh, uh, I, I'm... Well, it's getting a bit late here, but I'm doing all right. I think I'll pull through. I'm also on the go-go juice. Oh, how uh, you're gonna you're gonna be up till tomorrow? Oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna just push on through. I mean, it's I, I think the last time I did that was for the Lakeland Fifty, but um, I I feel like pulling an all nighter is something that I I like doing and I should do more often. Really? And I don't. I, there's just something about like staying up. A whole night, like it helps to be doing something. But when would you like, crash? Trying to have a goal. If you went like you had to work tomorrow, would you be able to get through the day? Well, oh, with uh, I mean, get how define get through the day. Like if As in am not I going to have fired. a nap? Oh, I, yeah, I could probably do that. I can just wow. I mean, like the amount of time you have to actually spend doing work is. It's not a hundred percent time, and that sounds like it means like I'm just dusting off the whole time. But the thing is, that I can actually like squeeze. You know, I, I can go and make coffee, and if I really struggle for a moment, I can just go and have a five minute nap, mm. or whatever. Just go and rest my eyes. Like lunchtime, that that can be nap time if you try hard enough. I like staying up all night. Well, I mean, I like I say I like staying up all night. I don't like staying up all night as the objective. But if uh, if there's something that I have which is going to take a long time to do, something I enjoy doing. So, for example, a race, or if it was going to be um, an all-night gaming session or something, uh, like th- they don't necessarily happen organically. But if I was trying to do a twenty-four-hour marathon of uh, some given activity, then I think that that's, that sounds like a good time to me. Um, yeah, I think it's good. there's just something weird about doing something like at three in the morning when you should be in bed, and then there's that magical time between about four and six. That is true. It kind of changes from, that's when it kind of changes from late, really late night to early morning and become, like, it starts to become a set, a point where, well, it's, it's not bedtime, it's getting up time now. I can go do things. Yeah. And then you're kind of like stealing time from other one, everyone else. Exactly. Always wanted to watch, um, well, I had this life goal. Maybe other people don't, but I always wanted to watch the Lord of the Rings movies, DVD extended edition back to back as a marathon. And for some reason, the one time uh, some friends and I had tried to do it was uh, after completing a section of the Bibbulmun track. So we'd finished hiking for the day and we're like, now we'll watch them. And it was the way, like we weren't <laughs> prepared for it because we're already tired. And I was so disappointed. We got so far into the third movie, like probably halfway into the third movie. That's a valiant effort. That's still like, I don't know, probably eight hours or so. But um if only we had not done it then. Any other time, we might have been able to do it. These kind of things take planning, goes. They do. Are they like, what, they are 11 hours in total or something? Or something longer? like that, yeah. Have you ever been to a, I presume you've heard of them, like a, a movie marathon at the cinemas? Yes, I have. I watched the sequel trilogy of Star Wars when the wow. Rise of Skywalker came out. So you watch one, one and two and then uh, the third one as it, as the new release? Yeah, so yep. yeah, we went to watch them. Um, you watched the the episode seven and eight, uh, and then eight finishes like 
uh, uh, there was gap. There, there was a, a short break between each one, mm-hmm. but you, you bought one ticket for the whole thing, and that meant you they'd have a screening of the seven and eight, and that started around eight. No, it must have been a bit earlier than that. Or was it around eight? Around eight o'clock, summertime between seven and eight o'clock. And then you'd watch, they'd screen that, and then it'd turn off for about 50 minutes so you can go to the toilet or whatever, or go grab some food. And then you'd go back in and watch the next one. And then at midnight, that's when the third one, mm. the new release started. And I must say, I think I said this at the time, when you watch them like that, it they, they hold up a lot better. <laughs> like they're actually really quite good. That's why I feel like I, whenever there's a big movie coming out, I have to like do a little marathon at home, not all at the same time, but like over the week, just catch mm. up because yeah, all those little things, those little um, stories that they refer to, that you, they kind of need to be front of mind. Otherwise they just go over the top of your head. It's when it, it can be very distracting when you're watching a film and you're trying to work out what they're talking about because you feel like you should know it, mm-hmm. but you haven't done like, like the Marvel, the MCU, when that's talking about well, they, they, the characters are talking about some previous event, and they just refer to it by the, like the location or something. You're trying to yeah. go, wait, which one was that? Was that when they <laughs> were fighting this person? And they go, oh, in, in Kosovo or whatever. You're just like, uh, uh. I'm, I'm starting to get a little bit lost, but I'm getting most of it because we just watched uh, Black Widow, Loki, and um, WandaVision. Oh, oh, pretty much at the same time. And there's some good content. Like, man, I love the way that Disney's doing new series of stuff now. Like, it, good quality. I like it. I know some people were pretty dark on WandaVision, but I thought it was pretty cool. I I really need to watch it because it's the sort of thing where... Because, like, if a new film comes out, great. That's an evening. I can go and, like, just go done. Mm-hmm. But uh, a TV show, like how many, there's like what, 10 hour long episodes or something? Nah, for what it's worth, they're actually really short because they, oh, the, Disney says that they, especially WandaVision, Disney says they're like, you know, 30 minute episodes, but there's like eight minutes of credits. So really they're like 20 minute, like TV yeah. length. Yeah, it's crazy. Mand- Mandalorian did that as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's pretty much exactly the like, same as Mandalorian. Each, each, each episode is just finishes way earlier than you're expecting it. And then they try and put in like these full cinematic style credits you go yeah what i mean it probably took a cinematic crew but it's it's taken a piss a little bit to have like a third of it it just squeezes out the extra streaming time yeah probably yeah it probably adds maybe we should do that (laughs) yeah well uh i think we'll wrap it up there Uh, have you got a quote for us baxter (laughs) (laughs) i do but it's i the uh they're sort of in the realm of i mean at the moment i don't have a disney plus subscription uh-huh. which is somewhat uh, of a problem trying to do that. I cancelled it because I realised I had too many at once and I was only sort of watching one show at a time. Mm. But it's sort of coming back around to the point where I might change over to Disney Plus because I need to catch up with these shows, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, man. Look, if if this helps your, your mindset at all, this has been really good for us is that you just really got to get away from the recurring subscription because these these apps especially disney it keeps your memory of where you were in episodes so your data isn't lost like if if your membership mm. cancelled and then you came back later it remembers everything where you are because it wants wants to be nice to you and so like as soon as you sign up for something you just cancel straight away and uh you've got it for the next month right because it it doesn't kick you off yeah. when you cancel kicks you for a month and you just like rotate between so you just keep watching it until it no longer lets you and then you go hmm I've, I've finished binging that one for a while. I wonder what I'll go to next. Or you'd be like, oh, I can be st- still got to smash this season for a little, little longer before next week. I'll, I'll smash it out and then I can give this one up. So like, I like treating it as a month by month. And, uh, so when a new season comes out, it's like, ah, oh, this new season comes out. Is it worth like 10 bucks to pay it for a month? Yeah. Okay. I'll sign back up. It is. I, this, I mean, this is the problem is that I end up with so many subscriptions, but the idea, it is a good point that this does, compare, compared to like paying per season or whatever I'm consuming, it is actually a lot cheaper. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. Way. It, would, it would be cheaper for me to sign up to all the subscription services than it would be to buy the amount of content that I'm consuming. Yeah, even by but, signing up to all of them, it's still cheaper, but it's still a lot still. It's early morning for you over there, isn't it? And uh, yeah. are you fueling yourself up on the finest Colombian? Yeah, whatever I can get my hand on, really. Um, it's been, uh, this, well, where, uh, where's, it, 
Where's it from? Do you know? Oh, um, I think it's from Woolworths. <laughs> <laughs> That's so probably about as much intel as I got for you, actually. Right. Well, I feel like this proves my point. <laughs> yeah. Is it is it instant? Is it whole no, beans? No, it's, it's beans that have been. Um, I'm not sure if this is sacrilege, but to us, this is as gourmet as it comes. Is that we get beans, so we're like we think we're coffee snobs because, like, you know, while we're traveling, we learnt different types that because when we stayed in lots of Airbnbs, each place had a different way of doing coffee, either because of the country or because um, just the people have different preferences. So some had like French presses, some had like just filters and we're like, what the hell are we meant to do with a filter, paper filter? I have no idea. <laughs> Let's just go. Yeah. There's all these different types. We learned a lot because I had no idea about coffee before I left. It was The extent I had was like Nescafe instant blend and then like going for a cappuccino and like somehow they're not the same, but they are. And so now we get beans. And we we tried grinding them for a while because like oh these we'll just get a little grinder and and that got old by like day two I just got over grinding the beans and so we used the thermomix to like cut them up <laughs> and that's probably what? not what you're meant to do right but it, but I'm not sure if you've had a, if you have a thermomix or not but it pulverizes them into like a powder like that's good enough as grinding right so we do it by oh, that yeah. I've no idea. Uh, that could be very much not the way coffee is meant to be done because it's it's all the shells. But then we use a um, AeroPress to like press it through, so it, we're not stirring it into our coffee. It doesn't dissolve. It's still like um, like you would, uh, I guess, with a cappuccino. You know, you get the coffee and then you squeeze it through a filter and then add some milk. But um, it's uh, admitting thermomixing coffee beans is not something you admit to people, especially on a podcast, but I've just done it. Yep. You just put it out there publicly. But you would say that you you drink coffee on the regular? Yes. Every day. Does your day start without a coffee? Uh, can your day start without a coffee? I mean, it can, but not if we're recording a podcast, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's stupid o'clock in the morning. Um, uh, prob- uh, it would be weird. Like. I understand. I feel like I know what you're on, but um, I know it's an addiction of sorts. But uh, yeah, well, so I mean, it's it clearly is an addiction. Like that's not. I'd say of sorts. I, Come on, I, let's I, say of sorts. I, 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 I am. I <laughs> an addiction of sorts. Just it's cocaine. one of those socially accepted addictions. Like yeah, exactly. if people drank uh, alcohol as much as we drink coffee, then we'd they'd be asking us if we were okay. Yeah. But for some reason, it seemed it seemed socially normal to everyone. Someone to be on like full blown <laughs> caffeine. caffeine. Yeah, I'm on just on caffeine. I'm on it. Yep. I mean, as CPG Gray says, it is one of the greatest addictions in the world. But it made me. Re- I realised the other week uh, we had a, a new starter at work, so we had a big Zoom call for everyone just to get to like, just to say hi. And as part of that phone call, someone was like, "Oh." Some of you might be interested to know, I started drinking coffee now because our, our office, ha- we might have a slight problem with, with slight coffee snobs because um, mm, no uh, when we've had people, well, when we've had new people start and they go, oh, is that, are you guys all coffee snobs then? And they say it kind of cheekily and I have to go, well, you see, the thing is we have a preference of which country of origin our beans come from. Wow. So I think we have to say yes. Um, it's, I, it's all happened organically, as in we had some coffee beans from... Ethiopia, and we went, these are awful, we'll never get these again. Make sure you get the Colombian. Um, but uh, that's it's interesting how, like, this, this addiction just becomes like a sort of club, as in you have the coffee drinkers and the not coffee drinkers. So the more addicted you are, like, imagine like you're an extra level up the chain. So I feel like you're one step above. You're you're not you're not a new member. You're, mm-hmm. you're not one of these people who's just sort of getting into coffee and just oh, I'll just have the innocent coffee or whatever. I've gotten past the point of it being yuck. Like I like the taste. There's always that barrier, so I look forward to the taste. But I imagine there's also like you would have some brands that you would avoid. So if someone yeah, said to you, yeah. "Oh, would you like a coffee?" and they served you gold blend, I'd be I'd be like, "Sorry, what? What is this? <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> is everything all right?" But um, like the more we have, the more seriously, and it seems to be that I don't know if this is just if everyone goes through these projects. I don't understand what kind of just monsters would be able to to willingly drink coffee and rely on it and just always have gold blend, 
or, or like, how can you drink it so much and then just be like, oh, I don't care, coffee's coffee. Like, do you not, is it because you don't understand that there's better out there? <laughs> Are you simple? What is well, like, but like, surely, I just, this is the problem. I just feel like yeah, because it's tradition, you just like ratchet up. Like if it was drugs, you don't sit there just like working your way up to heroin and then going, oh, do you know what? I don't care what I'm on now. I'll just get my high off anything. I'm just going to huff some glue. Surely like you're going to keep them working your mm. way up. And coffee's the same. We just work our way up. So then you get, you ratchet up and now you're not just having the cheap instant. You're having the good instant, like the Nescafe Zero and stuff. <laughs> the stuff where they like put extra little bit ground up coffee in there just to make it a bit stronger. And then the next thing you know, you're suddenly, well, you're actually brewing coffee off ground. I've got ground coffee out of, of from the shop. I mean, I don't, I just get whichever one's there, but I get the ground stuff. I make sure that I get the actual mm-hmm. proper coffee and I'll make it in a cafetiere or an AeroPress. And then the next thing up, you've got a percolator and you're starting to think about how you grind your beans. Mm-hmm. Um, and or chop then, them. Yep. Or chop them. And then, and then you move up to just suddenly be caring about, yeah, you're, which, where do the beans come from? Are they a blend? Are they from mixed origin? Am I going to make sure that, you know, like while they're roasted with, like I have coffee that's aged with whiskey, which is very nice. Whoa. Um, it's a bit strong. Tastes kind of like a hangover. Um, <laughs> Delicious. Uh, it's, it's just weird. Like w- the whiskey flavor and coffee flavor are not two flavors I normally have at the same time of day. But you just, uh, once you, once you get to that point, like surely, uh, yeah, I don't see myself ever going back down the levels. Mm. You're in. It's like, yeah, it's like a wine drinker. A wine drinker doesn't go from drinking just, you know, just drinking goon out of the bag and going, oh, $5 a bottle. That's great. To, to working their way up and going, suddenly having a taste, and, you know, standards of wine. Surely they don't then start going, what, uh, instead of ha- worrying about their pairing and what they're going to have, what they're going to pair this fish with at the restaurant or whatever, and then go home and then suddenly go, oh, I don't know, I don't care anymore. I'm just going to get some, well, just I, get a goon bag on the way home. I think as well, um, the barrier that coffee doesn't have, which uh, lends itself not to this excuse, is like price. So, like a bottle of wine or a goon bag, like they can vary greatly in price and that can influence your decision. But coffee is pretty much going to be the same price. And so, like, you kind of don't have that excuse of like, uh, which one would you have over the other? However, I would get a, just say, we got this. We were hungry jacks here, which is like a Burger King, exactly the same Burger King in other other countries, and they have their own, they have their, you know, whatever. Who knows what their coffee is? I don't even know what it is, but I know that that's not nice. But if it's free or a dollar, it's suddenly more tastier for me, and so I'll I'll take it. And so I went so there, and it's I was palatable. Yeah, I went I went there. And they have this app called Shake and Win. It's the boon of my existence because you shake it. <laughs> And you might get a free thing. You may get a free little chips. You may get a free drink. You may get a free coffee. And I went there. I do it when I go get petrol because petrol station's right next to the Hungry Jacks. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, I fill up the car. Just give the app a little shake. Just see what's there. And sometimes it's good stuff. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's a free hash brown. I'm like, sweet. That was worth coming and filling up the tank. And uh, I got there. And I was like, I really want a coffee though. So I'm kind of committed to getting a coffee. So I went to their drive-thru and um, didn't get the free shake and win. But... Um, they're bringing out their own new brand of coffee. They're trying to compete with McCafe, who like apparently do their, you know, barista coffee. Don't know if that's true or not, because I wouldn't hold a McDonald's coffee towards a, you know, a local coffee shop coffee. It's, there's a definite disparity, but they're saying it's not. Anyway, Hungry Jacks is saying, we make our own coffee now. I'm like, cool, how much is it? And they're like, $5. Like, I'm not getting, I'm not falling for this shit. So like there's still, there's still a barrier in my mind that uh, even though they say it's legit, um, if I'm going to pay five bucks a Hungry Jacks, I may as well just go down the road and go to an actual coffee place that doesn't sell burgers and um, get one from there. So I'm, I'm getting snobbier, but uh, if it's free, I'll this, still this get it. This is what I'm talking about though. Like you it's, don't think of yourself as a coffee drinker, but you're working your way up the levels. That's true. You'll be a level, you know, soon you'll be a level three, and that's it. You won't you won't get coffee from Hungry Jacks, not because it's too expensive, but just because you're above that. So you're saying I'll be so um, snobby about the origin that I'll only buy it from Woolworths? Is that what you're saying? Possibly, yeah. It's dangerous, though, isn't it? Yeah, this is very interesting. It is dangerous because suddenly I'm finding like, could I make myself a coffee where I just take a bit of powder out of a tub, pour it into a mug? Add some hot water, stirry, stirry coffee, right? No, I'm instead going to wait until the coffee's, pretend until the water's cooled down is one section. Like I'm going to make sure that's cooled down. I'm also going to grind my coffee. I have two coffee grinders. I have an electric grinder and a manual grinder. And I oh, use the electric. manual grinder because that is a burr grinder. 
and the electric grinder is a blender, and the blender doesn't grind it as finely. Mm. How did I get from like five years ago? I didn't touch coffee, and I couldn't care like less about it. As far as I was concerned, it just wasn't worth having. I just drank tea, and that was it. How did I get from there to here? Uh huh. Like clearly, if you look at each point along the way, you can see how it was just one little step. But at some point, I just suddenly just went. Do you know what? I'm just going to redeem my level five membership to the Coffee Addiction Club, please. I feel like we're a forensic TV show. We're like, let's retrace this uh, criminal's mind from from normal yeah. human. <laughs> no, it's true. Like I, this. Uh, have you heard of AeroPress before? I have heard AeroPress. I've se- I've uh. used them before, but not my own. I've never owned one. Okay, it, it, for those that don't know, it's like this big syringe, basically, and at the end of syringe is like a filter and uh, a cap that lets water through. So basically you put the coffee blend in, you put the hot water in, turn upside down, squeeze it out. And it's good fun, as long as you don't make a mess. But um, the, you watch the videos of people doing it, and and they're definitely in deep, and I had to make a step back and go like, all right, let's, let's take it easy. Let's not be <laughs> like these guys, because they're like putting the coffee in, and then they're getting the water to the exact degree, like they have a thermometer in the water to make sure it gets to the right point, and then pouring the exact amount of mills into the coffee so that the same amount of coffee is always meeting the same amount of water, and then they're starting a timer to make sure it um, goes in the exact same amount because they want the perfect blend every single time, and these are the different variables, especially time and weight. And so they're getting those all 100%, and I'm not sure if you're at that point or not, but it sounds like that's where it can get, and uh, it's, it's scary. It's where it's heading. I mean, the the timer thing. I've not uh, actually. Wait, no. I did use to time some of my teas mm-hmm. because tea is tea is another one. You can just you can just end up going down the time hole, the hole, and then you're measuring out your tea and you're having different blends for different times of the day. I, I feel like it's also the kind of thing where you can get a little bit of coffee snobbery, which is that you end up one upping each other. So if you go into a nice fancy coffee, mm-hmm. like um, I, I'm going to say coffee merchant because if I say coffee shop, that'd be like a cafe. But I'm going to like I'm trying to think of the best way of describing a shop which you go into to buy coffee. Because Merchant I think sounds of like good. Tea, a tea, tea shop, T2, is a great Australian brand that I really like and I go into and they'll have their timers for when they're making up your brews and they're like, yep, they got their, they got the scoop and they're like, this is the size scoop you use. Mm-hmm. I've got a couple of scoops of coffee. One, none of them are the same size. Two, I don't actually know which size I'm meant to use. And three, I don't even use the same amount of scoops all the time. Like I made myself some coffee now. I used ground coffee and I put three scoops in. When I'm using bean coffee, I think I do two scoops. So I've probably made this a bit strong. That might be why it's going so well. But anyway. You sometimes, yeah, you put one scoop in and then like you pause and then you look at yourself and you're like, nah, today we're going a little bit extra. Just put a little extra scoop in. I think it's just the uh, the problem is just with the self doubt when you're thinking, what if this isn't strong enough? <laughs> I it's clearly not a problem. I mean, like, but with all the other ways you can make coffee, I've got a percolator, so that means I can make myself like espresso style coffee, which um, is great. Having espresso cups and making yourself espresso coffee is just a lovely way to start. Mm. Wait, are they the pods? No, no, not the full. No. But percolator is um, is an ingenious contraption. I mean, where you have, uh, so mine's made out of aluminium, but you can also get them made out of steel. Uh, it's at the bottom is a pot that holds a bit of water, and then on top of that, you put um, there's a like a it's, it's kind of like a little cylinder which has a tube coming out of the bottom of it, and this cylinder has a little grate in it so the coffee can't fall through. So you put the coffee inside that, that goes on top of the pot holding the water. And then you screw on top of that uh, another little, like, it's like a little, it looks like a little kettle. But what happens is you add heat at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Yep, 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 uh, yep. I do it on a gas stove. That heats up the water. When the water starts to boil, it pushes hot water out the bottom, which goes up the middle of the tube, which has the coffee. Because the steam expands, that forces the hot water through the coffee, which then goes up into the top bit and then settles there. And it makes really nice espresso coffee. Mm. These are like the uh, European mockers, right? Yes, mockers. Yes, yeah, gotcha, mockers. gotcha. Shortly after we recorded the last episode, I was having one of these conversations with myself about make sure I get it right away and tamp it down. It makes that, and I just had a self-aware moment of this is not normal. <laughs> Why did at no point it's, someone just go? Do you know what? I think you've probably had enough. Are you sure you don't want to like slow down? <laughs> 
just like talking to the coffee as you're putting, you just sit in there nice and quiet and everything will be okay. Papa Baxter will be make you into a nice little coffee. How do you, when you have these, uh, you call it a percolator, I think, the mocha thing. Uh, what's the, because in Europe they'll pour it into a little shot and you'll kind of sip it like that. How are you having it? Is that in that that's, respect? That's, that's, that's an espresso, yeah. I've, mm. got a little, I've got a couple of little Oh, espresso. espresso so I thought you said Nespresso. Gotcha, gotcha. No, no, no. Espresso cups. Yep, yep, yep. I've got, I've got some. They, they made a big difference because before that I literally was making up a whole mocha pot, just giving it a bit of a stir to make it all the same, pour it into a mug and then top it over hot water. And that made, made, and it made great, strong coffee, mm-hmm. but I was drinking it quite quick. Whereas if you can pour it into an espresso cup, and like whilst it's a bit stronger than that, you just you're getting in like little shots mm. and like just work your way up and it's makes you feel alive. It's espressos are certainly aren't a cultural thing here yet, but they're starting to. And I know my my dad likes to buy espressos at places. And some places they're like, uh, sure, we'll make you espresso. And they charge like four or five dollars for a shot. And you're like, whoa, <laughs> that's not the but way it's meant so to be. Like, yeah. It's actually half the work. Yeah, exactly. It's super simple for them. <laughs> don't have to do any of the milk. I, mean, I guess they have to do all the tidying up and stuff and like all these other factors that we don't, that they still do have to do compared to the other drinks. But even so, an espresso is literally like a, almost a byproduct of everything else they do. Uh-huh. Like, they'll, like if you go to one of the big uh, Costas or Starbucks or whatever, like they're basically just churning out the espresso machine is just on just constantly churning out coffee where they're like as soon as one spout is finished you can tell it's almost all already going to get undone the coffee knocked out and refill back up again for the next cup because they just have right. to just go over and over again if anyone's never done it before we did a, a group on course for like a, a coffee making for a day it's really fun like it really makes you like learn about what what they do it it's it's pretty cool because um, I didn't even realize that for ice coffees, they so they, the spouts can either be one spout or two spout. And if they load it up for two spouts, but there's only one drink that needs to be ordered at the time, they'll collect all the other ones and all that coffee goes into a container and goes in the fridge. And that's what they use for the ice coffees because then they're cold and they're caffeinated. So it's really weird. Like an ice coffee is made like super quick because they're just pretty much pouring it out of the fridge and adding ice blocks and syrup or whatever they're doing to it. And it almost feels like a rip, but it's, it's just the way it is. What I want to know is what, how like slow drip coffee, I wonder how much investment that is. Like, Mm. Have you ever, have you ever seen any of the slow drip or like cold press coffee? That's like a very American thing, right? I don't know. Oh, I've, okay. I've only seen it in Perth. Oh, I just remember there was a coffee bar that I used to go past. I say coffee bar, like it wasn't like a, a trendy bar of like cool jazz music playing. It was literally just a, like an island in the middle of a shopping center, which did really nice coffee. But they always had on the side their drip coffee thing. It was like this this elaborate set of tubes and stuff. They just had. I think they just put, cold, I assume, cold water. It could, it could have been warm water in the top and just drift, you know, dribbled its way down and then they had this uh, presumably really strong coffee coming out of the bottom. Hmm. I don't know, maybe. So <laughs> I, I wonder how much investment that is to have and whether or not that would fit in a camper van. <laughs> uh, look, it's all about priorities, right? Isn't it? Like, do you really need a bed or do you not? No, like- yeah, to- do I want a better? Do I want more coffee equipment? Like, how, you know, there's like, nice big, wide, two grand coffee machines you can get. Yeah, that's good. I think you can do with a single bed. Is all I'm saying. You, it's half a bed space that you could have for like a full coffee setup. <laughs> I've, I did get the, uh, a triathlon um, that Linia did, and I went as a, I just went a support crew. I I just cheered her on from the sidelines. They did have a, someone uh, whose business was a coffee van. So they'd go to events like this and they just open up the back of the back of the doors of the van and there's just a coffee machine. Easy. Making uh, easy I, I money. Like, yes, please. Lovely coffee. Um, num, 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 num. Ever since you uh, sent me that video of um, the rooster teeth guy, like with the, on his like most automated day. Do you remember that video? I think it was his final do, yes, day yeah. of his vlog. And that just yes. reminds me of like when he has his coffee set up and, uh, you know, his car's all ready to go. Cause I think, cause isn't that a thing in America or especially in the movies, like you wake up and the coffee is time to be fully yeah, dripped like, at the time when you're, when you wake. I mean, you, you used to be able to get that for uh, the, 
There used to be contraptions for tea that did that called tea maids, but they've fallen out of popularity for some reason. Yeah. But it's the same idea. You had it set hooked up to an alarm clock and the alarm clock, ah, before yeah. the alarm clock went off, it would start gotcha. boiling the water and then it added to the thing. And I guess that's still a thing in the States for coffee, but I wouldn't know where to get one. for. Would I want one? Mm, I can see the appeal. I mean, it's a pretty good incentive to get up to have a hot drink rather than like, if I delay, it'll become cold and I'll have to make it again. That's pretty yeah. cool. But it depends. I'd... I don't drink that much filter coffee when I'm not in the office. And the only reason I drink it there is because everyone else is drinking it. That's that's our life's coffee little addict tour. So if anyone who doesn't drink coffee is listening, I'm sorry, you start listening again. But maybe maybe you should give it a go. I don't know. Do, do you really think that we're selling it to people who aren't involved? Like they were basically saying it's a cult. Who's going to listen to that and go, hmm, yes, I'll have one cult, please. <laughs> yes, one, please. Now, I like putting this aside, and you can talk about this for caffeine far easier than you can talk about it with alcohol because that's a whole another kettle of fish. But I, in my mind, both, I feel the same way in that um, I never used to drink both of them and now I do drink both of them. And they're both very good social um, activities. Like going for coffee is just an easy thing to do. And then if like there's someone you want to meet or like it's a it's an acceptable invite, like as an adult, you can't be like, because recently I bought a basketball, right? I just a really cool basketball because we've got these <laughs> basketball hoops. And all I want to do is just ask people, hey, you want to go like throw some hoops? That's all I want to do. I just want to say, let's go, let's go to the course. Let's just, yeah, but it's just not a thing because like, hey, you want to go grab a coffee? And they're like, yeah, I'd like to go grab a coffee on a Saturday morning. But they're like, would you like to like put basketball shoes on and like pound the pavement? Like, no, that's not a thing on Saturday morning that people want to do. It's just so coffee is acceptable and as a social thing. So like it, that's what I recommend getting into it is because it's, uh, it's easy and you eventually learn to love it. Well, I mean, I, if I were, if I said to someone, would you like to go and get coffee? I would not be upset or hurt or surprised if we went to a place and they got something that wasn't coffee. What if you rock up and it's a basketball court? <laughs> and you're like, okay. Right, well, that'd be a bit different. <laughs> I mean, I'd be game, but I could see why other people might be like, well, this isn't what I signed up for. <laughs> but I've long thought of saying going to get coffee for me is, has not always meant explicitly getting coffee. That's true. That's true. It's got sort of, it's like code. Mm. For, I, I know. I know. Would you like to come in for? Would you like to come in for some coffee? Is a different code, but it's like a code <laughs> of just saying, "Would you like to go and get a hot drink in a place where people go and gather to get hot drinks?" Man, that's true. That is such a similar line, but very different. Uh, it's very intent. different. <laughs> I've got to really remember that. Just, just, just change it. Just use the other one. Just for every now and then, instead of asking friends, like, just trying to come in for some coffee and just see what they do. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of saying bad things, I'm notoriously just. I just say things that like sometimes I don't filter it before it says it. But this time I was proud of myself. I filtered myself and I even texted Nat and like, you never believe I saved myself from being an idiot. Like <laughs> unlike usually. And, uh, basically, uh, in a professional capacity, someone had told me uh, I'd return a missed call and they said, ah, oh, sorry, I butt dialed you. And all I could think about saying back was, uh, or say hi to your butt for me. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> <laughs> but, so like, just picture my head, like I'm on the phone and I'm just playing that sentence in my head over and over like, is that acceptable? Is that not acceptable? And the whole time I'm not saying anything. And so I'm just awkwardly sitting on the line going like, ah, oh, cool. I'll <laughs> talk later. <laughs> and just happen. So, so like I saved myself from being an idiot, but I was still an idiot. Like, oh, gee, I really wanted to say it, but I just didn't. But that's the Maybe type of thing that goes it. through my head. Yeah. <laughs> Just, 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 just make it that. That's the kind of thing we say now, and just make it professionally acceptable. Oh, please, let's just do it. Just save me, and let's make many other things acceptable. What else? What else? Is is coffee? Uh, I know we, you know, we're going off it, but is um, I thought um, England was very much a tea thing, which it is, I guess. But like, where does coffee line up in that in that spectrum? I, I think that coffee has now become very important as well. So the, the thing is that it feels like tea is more of a every everyone 
I say everyone drinks it. Not everyone drinks it. But if I offer someone a cup of tea and they say no, I, I mistrust them a little bit. <laughs> uh-huh. I, it doesn't feel right. It's, it's not like, but no, no, no. When I said, would you like some tea? I might have phrased it as a question. I didn't say um, come in for tea. I said, would you like a tea? It's yeah. different. But then when, when you say, would you like some coffee? Then I'm not, I don't, I'm not phased at all when they say no. But there does seem to like, there's so many more chains or what, or like the, Places you go by, you don't. Who they might also serve tea, but you don't pull up to a McDonald's drive-through or a, a Foster mm. drive-through and look and browse their vast menu of teas. It's mm-hmm. all, all their different types of coffees. You do like a frothy coffee, a milky coffee, a not milky coffee, tall coffee, short coffee, strong coffee, uh, toffee coffee. But then they'll go. Oh, and by the way, we've also got um, hot chocolate, a fancy hot chocolate, and some tea. Uh, but I like. I, that's that's that feels like what the menu's like. So you can get tea there, but maybe it's because tea is seen as very basic. Like coffee, there's a whole process. Like okay, yeah, you have the instant where you just go take finger hot water, but there's the whole process of grinding the beans and putting it in, mm-hmm. and tripping it, and it's a ritual, adding it together, and then so, yeah, there's the ritual to it. Whereas with tea, in this same place, it'll literally just chuck a tea bag in the mug as the hot water comes out, and then you go right there, you go milk's over there. Um, yeah, it feels a bit of a rip. It does. I, I feel like maybe there's just that perception of people don't want to pay as much for a takeaway tea as they would for a takeaway coffee. 100%. However, I have gone to a couple of tea shops recently and they're, some of them are very nice. Yeah, we, we went to this one they're a bit in Twee. In, oh, what's Twee mean? Uh... You know how it's one of those words you're like, I know, I, I know, what I've, I know what's feeling I'm trying to emote by this, but... I wouldn't be able to define it. Twee. Excessively or affect- <laughs> excessively or effectively effectively quaint, pet pretty quaint. or sentimental. Okay. Um, okay, already. So it's all very quaint. A bit like grandma tea set kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's it's all this is all lovely and adorable, but I can't mm. take it seriously. This isn't this isn't how I would decorate my house. Mm. In uh, went down to. I'm not sure if you remember a town called Nanup down south. I, I remember the name. I couldn't. T- I couldn't point it to on a map. I remember kind of like uh, in between Bustleton and uh, Bridgetown, bailing up. That's bloody miles away. Yeah, 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 yeah. You have to go on a road trip. <laughs> but there's a there's a tea shop there, and I was at first I was like, oh, we go tea shop. Well, we'll go in there, whatever. But it was it off, it? yeah. But and we got talking. I was gonna like buy a present for someone, something like that, and and finally got chatting to the lady, and she was super nice, and it's you start to like look around you like see things in a different light and they had all the different blends and and they she explained how they made like a I think it was a chai tea and then showed us how to do it because I I'm the same thing you boil water you add it in like hoo-ha hoo-ha it's not that good but the more I like as I stayed in this shop I think the aura around me just <laughs> increased and it became this more and more magical place and then the the thing that sealed the deal was her daughter was a cartoonist and she works on like video games or whatever and they drew this like um it's a a picture of the store and the store's exactly the same but she's drawn it in this like really cute like video game style with like the adorable little pagolas and little car out the front and so like in my mind I've I just see this shop as this alternative reality cartoon just just adorable not twee just adorable (laughs) and I love it and I can't admit it. And so I'm glad the webcam isn't going to show on the podcast because I just did a little shake. As you did adorable. do a little shake and it was, that was also adorable. <laughs> yeah, I love it. So I'm coming oh, around. Oh, you can get fancy tea shops here. They do exist. Or like the idea of going to... Afternoon tea is a lovely thing, by the way. It's... I, I, I don't know. I feel like coffee is seen as more of a modern thing. Uh, uh-huh. It isn't. Coffee uh-huh. houses have probably been around for just as long as tea houses have. But... Like when people, if people are going to go through more effort for tea, it's going to be making it more old fashioned. They're going to have ornate mm-hmm. teapots mm-hmm. Um, uh, and they're having loose leaf tea. Whereas with coffee, it feels like there's some really trendy hipstery ways of making it. Maybe it's just because coffee is what's in fashion at the moment. Yeah, I, I do like idealize, like idolize, sorry, um, like uh, the old, med- not medieval times, but when like, <laughs> 
when they made beer, it was like, oh, who knows what's in the beer? There's a dead rat in there. Everyone's drinking it. It's like, <laughs> what they do in the town square, blah, blah, blah. But coffee and tea and uh, chocolate were like brought in by ships that like sailed the seas from the wind, from exotic lands. And it's just these flavors that you've never had before. Like, what a time to be alive, except if you're a peasant. But apart from that, what a time <laughs> to be alive with all these exotic things. Like, now we just go, like, go to Woolies and get the next blend whatever what's on special but it would have been just so cool it's like oh what's in the port today i don't know that's what i like about that's the image i have with tea that's that's the image i have of like these blends brought in from other worlds i don't think of them as like the australian postman delivered it to them i think that like some merchant came in and like traded with them different herbs and spices and they're sat out the back most of the evenings they're actually just Going a little bit of this, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tasting it and go, no, oh, it needs a, t- needs a tad mm. more Assam in that one. I think. <laughs> um, like tea blending is just, it's really interesting that tea blend like the like the master tea tester at Twinings or other tea shops is su- apparently is such a specialist Ooh. and niche job. Like they have to go through decades of training or something, something absurd. Wow! But that's because they don't like we think of it as. Say you go to a shop and you've got a choice of, uh, tw- I don't know, I can't remember the bland- brands you've got in Australia, but you might have like Twinings, um, PG Tips or Tetley's, Yorkshire Tea, whatever. And most people would, especially the people who are fiercely brand loyal, will think, I'm going to get that going to get that tea because they make nice tea and I want my tea to be the same. I don't want them to be mixing it around and changing it up every week. No, no, no. I don't want that. I want my tea to be the same. Mm-hmm. But what they're what they're blissfully ignorant of is the fact that that tea is constantly being blended and tweaked just to make it taste the same. Because every year, the different harvests from different places oh. will come in and there'll be slightly different tastes and they'll go, oh no, this isn't right, this isn't right. So they've got someone there who's testing it and they're going, no, no, I'm going to have to change it up a little bit because this this harvest over here, this one's a bit too bitter. So we're going to have to mix it with a little bit of this one just to bring it back to what the Tetley flavour is or the PG Tips flavour is. I had no idea. That, that makes complete sense. But again, most people don't give two shits about this. So they and have to basically butcher it to make it the same. Yeah, they're like, I mean, it must be a bit soul-destroying, mustn't it, to be like, I've got all this power of making teas and all these chances and opportunities and all these different ways to blend tea, and I'm basically just trying to make sure it comes out exactly the same and uniform. Yeah. <laughs> That's because it, it's kind of taking away what, like, if you're, like, talking about cooking and you're getting these ingredients from... Uh, regions that are known for that food. I guess this is bigger in Europe than it is here, but you'd be like, this uh, tomato is from, I don't know, Spain and this mm. such and such from Italy. And and you buy them because the flavour is unique to that region. And when you're cooking it, it's like so much stronger tasting because these flavours are, are so strong. That's what the, the food snobs, I guess we say, would would do. Yep. But um. It's kind of the opposite to tea because that, that one you're in the food, you're hoping to get the flavor of the region, whatever that is for the year. They're certainly not going to, um, they can't alter it, but interesting. Well, no, they can't, but they, it would change from year on year. Mm. Fascinating. It's the kind of thing, like, well, I, I, could, I could go into this. It, the part of this is that the more you know about it, the more interesting it gets. And this extends to basically anything. Wine, if the more you know about wine tasting, the more interesting different wines become. And the fact like if you've never been to a wine tasting, you'll probably be a case of which one would you like? I like red or white or both. I don't care. Maybe rose. Like you might not know much more. But then you go if you go to wine tasting and they'd be like, hey, these are the wines you're gonna go through, and this is what they're gonna be. So this wine is this what you know, this is a Cabernet Pinot or uh, whatever it is, or Pinot Grigio. Like, we're going to start off with this, and we start off with this one because it's a dry white, and then we're going to move to the sweeter wines and stuff and move it through. And it's as they're explaining this. Now, I agree, some people still not going to care by this point. And then it's going to be like, what, whatever that is, I'm just going to just glug, glug, glug. But then, as for most of us, I imagine it would be like, that is actually quite interesting. And now I've known that, I can go and take that to other wines. And suddenly I can start telling them apart. And then I start having preferences for which types of reds I'm having. And then it'll start becoming, I have preferences for which types of reds from which regions it's going to have. Because I remember one time, and this was when I was only a couple of years into drinking wine and I knew, knew a couple of different ones, but not many. 
um, I was in Tasmania and we'd just gone, and, oh no, I think we hadn't gone on the wine tour at this point, but we'd just gone to the bottle around the corner and I just picked up some wine because I was like, I like red. I'm going to have a Cabernet Merlot. Yes, I'll have one of those. I like them. Is it and red? Get, yes, I'll take it. Yes, basically. And then um, we get to the restaurant and I put my bottle down on the table and the person who sat next to me, who I later found out is actually, he, I think he actually moves, moves, well, moves in different circles is how I would put it. But what that <laughs> means is he was actually involved in one of, uh, he was involved in a quite high profile wine club in Australia. But wow. um, it's just the way he just says, oh, a Cabernet Merlot from Tasmania, that's adventurous. <laughs> that was his nice way of saying, that's going to be shit. <laughs> wow, what a nice dude. <laughs> He was right. He, he was okay. right. He was awful. Um, but I had no idea. I just knew I liked that type of grape. I didn't realize it was not going to work in Tasmania. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, when I'm at a wine tasting and I'm sipping the first sips of the first tasting, the thing that's going through my head is, I wonder how many more of these I get to have today. <laughs> <laughs> and so if they say, hmm, if right. I like it, I kind of gauge if there's more of it. And so if there's more of this certain type of one, I'm like, yeah, this one sound tastes pretty good to me. I think, have you got any more? Yes, let's try this. I'll give that one a go. Num, 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 num. Yes, I'll take 12 bottles. <laughs> no, that's the crucial mistake. You get to that point and then you're bought. But the, the that's it. That's it. The, the the trick of a wine tour is getting the most wine without spending the least amount of money. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it it's weird how this extends to everything. Like I can, I've now been to a whis- whiskey tasting, and that was great. They did that one at Talisca. Um, I've done them with beer, and I'm sure you could go to somewhere that does the does it the same with cider, cheese, mm-hmm. anything. This whatever this very niche or part of cuisine that exists, there's someone out there who knows so much about it. They can make it sound interesting. and be like, today we're going to talk about the different varieties of eggs you can have. And that's it. After you've done that, you'll be ruined because you now can't <laughs> buy these eggs from, from Woolies because those ones aren't right. I'm going to have to go to Coles to get these eggs. But Coles doesn't do the type of coffee I want. So then basically mm. like, I don't, uh, maybe this is just me. This is just my personality and everyone else is able to let these kind of things go. But for me, once, once you, there's, there's like, you know, it's it just, it's a ratchet that just turns one way and I just get fussier and fussier. The one I relate to the most whenever I think, you know, or I'm with someone that they think they're not fussy and especially if they're a Frisbee player, I'm like, have you ever picked up a non, yeah, no, you know, yeah. non, realistic disc? Yeah. Yeah. And like, or it's not 175 grams or the, like the, they say it's the same, but it's not. It just feels different. And and that's it. for someone that doesn't play Frisbee, they have no idea what you're talking about. But this is exactly what happened at my uni club when we had some people some some uh, people who hadn't been playing as long uh, were on the committee and they're like, oh, we can get some discs. We can get this really good deal from this uh, company that's from somewhere and they'll do us some branded discs for like, like, uh, like a third, two thirds of the price of what they'd be from the, that silly discraft stuff you're getting, and I'd be like, "But we're not going to sell any of them." Oh, but they're basically the same. They're, they're the same weight and everything. We're not going to sell any of them. Is I'm telling them this time, and they get order some, and I'm holding onto them. I'm going, "This just uh, this this is wrong. This is not right." And they're them. I go, "No, they're fine. What are you talking about?" I'm like, "You just don't understand." <laughs> and I, I hang on, and like. This, here's another step because we'll think of that as as ultimate players. Like we've had, there's one type of disc. We go, this is right. Disc golf get players are worse. Really? Huh. Because disc golf players, they're suddenly going to have like they're going to have their little disc golf bag of all the disc golf discs they've got. Little, I say, yeah, little. Yeah, okay, like, it's like a like suitcase, and they've got all the different ones, all the different ones, and they've got like okay, these ones all curve to the right, but I got the ones that curve to the right more, and ones that curve to the right less. And then this mm-hmm. one goes straight. But then also this one, if I, the more I, the harder I throw it, the more it's going to like S or something. And like, then this just gets so fussy. And they'll also mm-hmm. be like, well, I'll only use Discraft, but I'll, I'll, except for my putters, my putters are all Innova or something like that. Like, how is it we end up in all these situations where you can just, you can just go down little rabbit holes? But I think that's, that's kind of like the point of life. I kind of really enjoy those, those things. Cause like, especially hobbies as well that you just get right into and, and people just don't understand. But I think, I think getting super passionate about very niche things. Like, I think that's what excited me about Frisbee is just cause like no one, no one knew played it. And it's just a, a chance to like, it also goes the other way where like uh, the people that get really good at it, 
and it and it can kind of this is for any sport or any activity it can kind of go to their head but you have to like sit back you always have to step back and go like this is still a frisbee or this is still like a video game like whatever it is this is still just <laughs> let's put it back in perspective you are really good but the talent pool is really small <laughs> so let's just remember that yeah i'm a top player in europe yes but there's seven of you if you're listening and you have your own little addiction that you'd love to share oh man i want to hear it it's the addiction like the little niches or addictions you, you don't know about that suddenly someone is talking to you about and telling you suddenly i'm interested yeah i love the different uh smells of secondhand books like there's a real art to like how old the book is <laughs> they do oh god you know i've come to i've come to this i've come and it's a bit disgusting if you think about it too much like you really can't think about it too much but uh i've come to this because i've had this real internal struggle over the years of buying more books than i can read like a great day out is finding a surprise bookstore and buying a couple of books that I had no idea even existed, but now I suddenly really want. And I'll probably never read them. I know it. And so the pile next to my my bed is getting higher. And these books, like they've already had a recent purge lately, but it's still overflowing. But this is what I've come to. I've come to accept it. And I'm not sure if I've talked about this on the podcast. Apologize if so. But I'm, I'm building a personal library. That's all I'm doing. And so... When I have a place that is bigger than this gosh damn shoebox apartment, I'll have a room that has more uh, like full, like in a full wall bookshelf. And the difference will be that every single book in that store, it's like my own personal bookstore. Everything's free. I guess it's a library, (laughs) but everything's free. And, uh, But they're all books that I've hand curated that I've found from other places and put there. And maybe I'll read them. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll just enjoy looking at them and being around by the knowledge and hoping that it seeps into my brain. But the idea that I could just go to that wall and every single book is one that uh, at one point in life I was super interested enough to get. That, that I think, is a, a, a nice ideal. At least it makes me sleep better at the amount of money I spend on I, books. I've done the same. I keep on buying books. I keep on buying guidebooks. And the idea being like, uh-huh. one day this will be useful. One day, yeah. And every, uh, when, uh, when you do get, I get a kick out of it, get, buying a guidebook and then like, I've used a page and I used that page. When we were able to do the uh, NC500, I got Boulder's, Boulder Scotland's because I was like, maybe we'll get to see some bouldering while we're up there. And we did like three pages. Out, out of all of Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> the whole book. Yeah. But you used it. I've That's used it. Yeah, I've got some other books it, I haven't it, used, but I've used them. Well, I've opened them. Yeah. Yeah, I've got canoeing in the southwest. I haven't been canoeing by myself outside of work, but still, still love it, and still one day want to. Well, we'll have to do it sometime. Yeah, yeah. Just come to Australia, please. <laughs> I think this. Um, I'm not sure if it's naughty, but I'd do it anyway. When I go to friends' places, and you know, like you, they're doing like the tour of their house or whatever, especially haven't been there before. I like to stop at their bookshelf and just. Just glance at the titles. Just glance at the spines because what they have on the bookshelf tells a lot about the person because it's all their dreams and hopes and aspirations and and hobbies and thoughts and it's just all in there. And uh, it's very – I think you'll get more from that 10-second glimpse than, than that conversation that night. And so, like, I recommend it, but don't snoop too long because uh, it looks a bit naughty. I, I mean, I love it. I love talking to people about their books. Yeah, I mean, in a way, it is sort of, it, you're right, it's a very personal thing, your book collection, because you've presumably collected it over time. You haven't, unless someone else has done the decorating, at which point they just went and bought uh, some books that looked right. You've presumably gone to the point of like mm-hmm. each of these books you gathered over time, you picked them, you know, you purchased them a, uh, one or two at a time. So they might not even be related or they might have come across a chance or someone might have given them to you. Yeah. But if you've got them in your on your bookshelf, then that means that it actually is, is there. It's a part of you. So that's something that you can say show to someone like, here is a bit of me, of my soul. And mm-hmm. that means that there's some bits that you can just immediately pick out when you're looking at them and just go, oh, I also like these books or I've read these books or I know that author. Mm-hmm. It could be a great conversation starter. Or, 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 unless you're coping, at which point it, apparently it's just a very... It's a very discreet way of invading their privacy. <laughs> I've, I've, I'm very good at making anything awkward, so <laughs> don't worry about that. Baby, like, come in, come in and see my books. Come in. For me at the moment, I have all my books are in several boxes because they've been packed up because hopefully one day I will own a house and then I will have a library yeah. and they will go up there. And in this, in it's this future dream. library, I will have books. I will have board games. I will have 
statues of various gaming things and stuff. And I'll have all these wonderful things. Oh. All these things that I have and they exist in boxes and just with the hope that one day I'll actually be able to display them. Frame prints just on the wall. Oh, there's going to be frame prints, yeah. There's going to be a drinks yes, glow. autograph things. There's going to be a wingback oh. chair next to the uh, fireplace, which is going to have a small dog sleeping in front of it. Oh, is there a coffee machine in this room or is that a different room? No, that's somewhere else. I, I have my I have my gentleman. He goes and okay. sorts out the coffee. Yes, by this, by this point, I'm yeah. too too good to make my own coffee. I have a I have a I have a man to do mm. that. Or woman, I could I, I, I don't oh, know. man. Equal opportunities employer. I am. Well, we should probably wrap this up. Know. Do you have a quote? Oh, we've got uh, no. We have got a poem on uh, a poem on my Cat Texas Discord. Yeah, uh, a friend um, Antoine who uh, used to drop by my Twitch streams, which unfortunately I haven't been able to do lately because of work. But um, jobs being mean. Yeah, bloody jobs. Let me open up. Oh, where would it be? Antoine out of the blue sent me a message. And he said, was it, I was having a dream. He dreamt about puppies and watermelon, which might be the first person to ever dream about our podcast, which I'm willing to go that next level. He didn't say what the dream entailed, but that's fine. He said, I dreamed about puppies and watermelon. And he said that time, I'm not sure if you have this one, like you're in that either dreaming on that delirious state and you've got a very small window to write it down to remember it. Otherwise it's gone forever. And so he wrote it down and kudos because there's a lot of words in this poem. So how he remembered it and how this poem was fully formed in his head, um, I'm not sure how it happened, but here it is. I asked him if I could I could uh, say it on air and he said, sounds great. So, puppies and watermelon both have something in common. One has a round shape, one has a round nape. They both like to move around, up to the ceiling, down to the ground. Backwards and forwards, round and round. It's like they are always found being in places where they should not be allowed. Puppies and watermelon. Could we put that on the website? That's got to go on the website. We can. I love that. You're going to have like a, a, a little spiel with, with graphics. Yeah. That was, what a great poem. That was great. Man, your dreams. If your dreams are like in po- poem form, Antoine, that's you're living a whole that's different <laughs> uh, level of existence than the rest of us. Like, all my things are trying to kill me and I'm running for my life. It's very different from a poem. Suddenly I feel like my dreams aren't living up to the standard. I'm going to start having to like listen to classical music while I'm sleeping to try and get a better standard of dream. Yeah, I think there's something there. Anton, please tell us how you prepare for dreams, dream time and sleep and uh, how to optimize this. Or if you have a second verse in a following dream, please also let us know. What's well, being crack out, Baxter? What should uh, what should everyone do after listening to the episode? Okay. Mm, uh, we we want to hear um, we want to hear these niche things that people are right into, and because uh, I want to deep dive into something that I've not thought about deep diving before. So if you've got uh, like things that are obvious to us. We're right into Frisbee and Bax is into running. Mark definitely <laughs> is not into running. But it sounds like we've got a few thoughts on coffee because that turned out to be a whole episode. But uh, <laughs> if, uh, if there's something that you like uh, that would like to tease our appetites, uh, let us know. You can um, jump on our Facebook page, Puppies and Watermelon. And we've got a little group there, the Woof Woof Yum Yum Club. Or you can go to the website and send us a message. We'd love to hear it. It's been awesome, Goats. I will catch you another time. Cool. See you then. I'll see you another time. Peace.
I've, I feel like I should apologize to the listener. Oh, I just put my computer in office mode. I didn't know I could do that. I apologize to the listeners if they can hear the f- multiple flies going around in this room at the moment. Re- they wind me up by their sheer presence, but unfortunately, because it's dark outside, I don't think there's anything I can do to convince them to go out of a window. Last episode, cats. This episode, flies. <laughs> Howdy!